Okay, this is Joey Brenner, and today is Tuesday, December 28th, 2021, and I am here with my grandma that I call Nana, Eileen Bird, and can you say your full name and date of birth, please? All right. Okay, we were experiencing tough technical difficulties. Let's see if we can have that date of birth one more time. Okay. The date, my date of birth was November 27th, 1937. Okay. And one of the reasons that we are talking today is because you've been such a big part of my life and I know surprisingly little about you so uh, first we just had Christmas so can you tell us about what Christmas was like when you were growing up yes we it was a very exciting time because well I was the youngest of six kids so um, I was happy I, I was I was excited for everybody and our Aunt Marie who kept house for the priest a couple streets over, always came on Christmas Eve carrying two or three bags full of gifts for us. And I remember that to be, that was a highlight, one of my highlights that I remember. And um, she was just like a saint. She didn't have any children and she kept house with a priest. That's all she did. But anyway, we were her world and she took care of all six of us kids as when it came to gifts and anyway I don't uh, your mom was asking me one day what I remembered as a the special thing that I got for Christmas when I was little and surprisingly I don't remember I mean I remember getting gifts and getting all excited on Christmas morning but the only thing I can take away remembering about a certain gift was when my brother Ed got his his uh, wood etching kit. He was so excited, and that's I don't remember anything I ever got. I know I had dolls and that kind of thing, but obviously you know, it didn't impress me that much. But his wood etching kit really did, and he was probably about. I would say maybe 11, 12, 13, I don't know, when that happened. So, and he was like eight years older than me. So I was just a little kid then. But anyway, we had, and our big time was New Year's, or Christmas Eve, because all the relatives would come over. Dad would make, um, Dad always made uh, Tom and Jerry's. And and all our relatives would stop by and friends on Christmas Eve to have a Tom and Jerry and just to chat. And have What's fun. a Tom and Jerry? A Tom and Jerry is, um, it's like um, Wait, before, eggnog. Sorry. But a Tom and Jerry is eggnog, or it like an eggnog. You mix a lot of eggs. Dad always mixed these eggs, and it came out kind of foamy-like, and then you mix it with whiskey and hot water. And it was... I, even I got to taste it, and um, I don't think they put whiskey in mine though. But I liked it. But anyway, that was a big time, and then we went to midnight mass, and then we all come home, and and it was midnight mass then. It wasn't ten o'clock. It was right at midnight. Oh jeez, <laughs> I'm not talking in the right place. Okay. Anyway, um, then we'd come home and go to bed, and then get up real early and come down. And see all the presents. I remember seeing all the presents, but I don't remember anything that I got specifically. Well, that's a testament to that, you know, family is the thing that you remember most. It's not what you get, it it's about who you spend it with. It is. It is. Definitely. And, um, and then uh, you mentioned one of your brothers. And can you give me a quick rundown of the siblings? Yes, my brother Jim was the oldest. He was like 13 years older than I. He was born in 1925. 
And then Jack, the second one, he was born the next year in 1926. And he was, my brother Jack is the one who got killed when he was 39 in, an, in a truck accident. Then came Patricia. And she was 10 years older than I. And she went away. When I was just seven, she graduated from high school and went to nurses training. And she used to bring back people, you know, friends that she had at nurses training. I remember her coming home with, with her friends, and I got all excited about that. But anyway, um, then came Ed. He was the clown of our family. He was quite a kid. And uh, he was like eight years older than me. And then Mary was almost six years older than me. And she's the only one living. They're all passed right now, except Mary. So. Wow. They so you were quite a bit at the caboose. Six years. Yeah, right. Everybody else was kind of bunched up together. Yeah. Well, Mary. There was a little bit of a thing between Mary, Ed, and Mary, but. But uh, yeah, they were one, two, three, and then two years, and then three years, and then six years. Well, no wonder uh, Ed was such a character if he is smack dab in the middle of all that. Yeah, really, exactly. He was the middle kid, you know, just like they say about the middle kid. Right. And then your parents. Can you tell me about them a little bit? My dad was one of four boys. He was the third boy, and they were I think they were born in Worcester, Ohio. That's where they came from. We don't know much about my dad and his family, but I was told that his father worked for the railroad and there was some kind of a accident and he died at 37 when he was 37 years old. His mother then brought the boys to East Palestine um, because we had a what was called McGraw Tire, I think it was called. It was a it was quite a boon in those days, and that they got work there. They were able to get work there, the boys, to so that they could, you know, that was their their living. And so that's all I know about my my dad's family. He was born in 1895, so. Was a quite a ways, and he was in World War One. I. I don't know anything about that either. We never. I'd never even thought to ask him about it. And um, my mom, I believe, was born in the very same house that I was born in on One Fifteen Wood Street. And um, she was born in eighteen ninety eight. So she's hundred. 23 100 years older than you yeah exactly gee many <laughs> anyway um and her she was one of 12 oh wow and she was like the i was trying to think of this the other day i think she was like number seven maybe <laughs> it's probably hard to keep yeah. track unless you're the one of the bookends you yeah, just kind of right, somewhere in the middle right. of 12 she, she was she was either seven or eight Jeez. and uh she had a, a younger brother who died at 13 of some i can't remember what the he had some kind of disease and he died and her sister helen one of her younger sisters was killed in a car crash the year before I was born. And so that's why I was named Eileen. Supposedly, that's a derivative of Helen. Interesting. Um, so what was your mom's maiden name? Barry, B-E-R-R-Y. And do you know what? I know your McCarthy side is very Irish. Do you know what the Barry? I think they're English-Irish type. I think. Okay. Yeah. We're all white American mutts pretty much in our yeah, family exactly. at some point. So, all right. Well, um, so then you 
growing up were six years in the caboose. Right. Um, so what are, do you remember growing up? Like were your um, older siblings, were they like going off to college or leaving town my, or anything? Or? Well, my dad, my oldest brother, Jim, I think dropped out of school in his, I don't know whether junior, senior year to join because that's when the Second World War was going on. And he went away to, he went directly into the Navy. My brother Jack graduated in 44, but he went directly to the Army. And how old were you during? Then I would have been, um, what, uh, 43. When Jim went, He it was 40, I think Jim went in 42, which I'd have been five. Okay. And then Jack went in 44, and I'd have been seven. And then my sister Patricia, when she, I just learned this not too long ago, when she went to, when she decided to go to nurses uh, training, Jim, my brother, told me not too long ago that she was, they had this program where nurses could go and I don't know what the story is. She went out to California to take part in something to do with the service. I have, n I have no idea what it, I don't know what it is. But I was, I was amazed when I heard that because I never knew that till I was like 70. Oh, wow. I mean, I didn't know anything about that until I was talking to Jim one day, and he told me that she was out there. I thought she was over in Youngstown at training, and she was out there doing something. Then she come back to Youngstown and finished her training. So I don't know how that all took place. Anyway, she did that, and then Ed, when he graduated, he would have graduated in 47, I think, and he went to the Navy. And by that time, of course, the war was over, but... He was in the Navy for, I think, four years, as was Mary's husband, Jim. They both went together. Jim and Ed went to the Navy together, Jim Lynch. That's uh, pretty, you know, we I haven't lived through something of that magnitude, a war like that. It's pretty yeah. cool to hear about how so many people were involved. Oh, I got to tell you what I remember when in 45, when... When the when it was announced on the radio that the war was over, everybody in our hometown, and I think every all over the United States, but in our little hometown, everybody just come out and were banging pans and were marching up and down the streets, and my mom just cried. Wow. She just started crying because her boys were in the service, and uh, it was amazing i'm sure yeah i can't i really can't imagine yeah. uh anything like that you know yeah i was seven at that time and i, I just remember everybody just it it was just the whole world you know it was just like everybody somewhat like when when we had the the twin towers when that happened on in september 11th it was but it was on much larger scale because the the war had gone on for so long, and we lost so many people. So it was just, it was just an amazing, amazing thing to see. It sounds like almost the opposite of that, where everybody's happy instead of yes. But it's exactly. like the national poll. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah that would be exactly. cool to experience. Yeah, it was amazing. Um, so, Crazy stuff. So outside of the war. You would have still been, um, your, sorry, Aunt, Aunt Mary would have still been around when you were growing up for most yeah, of it, yeah. right? Yeah, Aunt Mary used to have to take me everywhere. <laughs> she was, every time she'd go somewhere, Mom would say, take Eileen with you. And she, I'd remember saying, do I have to again, you know? <laughs> I remember that. That's so funny. Because I was enough younger than her that, you know, I was just a lag on. But anyway, we became very close. Mary and I are very close, so it was okay. <laughs> Good. And back then, y you know, 
people were less, I don't want to say egotistical, but less into themselves and more, or it seemed to me, more for everybody else. I do uh, agree. It seems there's a lot, a lot of people think now there, I think it's part of it is people are encouraged to think about themselves a little bit more, but I think it's gone too far. And I think before there was a lot more duty. So I think it, it think part of it is healthy that, um, you kind of think about and acknowledge your feelings and stuff. But I think a lot of people go too far and indulge, you know, exactly. I, I very much so, very much so. So, but you know, the pendulum that swings. So right. hopefully we'll find a happy medium there. Exactly. So what was your house like growing up? Oh, it was a big house. As I said, that it's where my mom was born, I believe. And her her fa- grand, or her father, I don't know whether he actually built it or had it built. I don't know that. But they lived there forever. And... Um, then my dad put a second bathroom in it, and it's an up and down, and it had three bedrooms up, and uh, it, big rooms downstairs, like three great big living rooms, so to speak, but one mom used for wa- for a laundry room, and then the, the, the one was just used as a formal, that's where Jack had his organ and the piano was in there, and all that kind of stuff. Uncle Jack had an organ, <laughs> and uh, and then the the entryway was smaller, the living room, but um, it wasn't it wasn't a real. It was a nice house. It was a very nice house for the time, and uh, we were just middle income. When mom and dad had the older kids, they were very. It was very hit and miss with food and stuff, you know? Wow. But um, by the time I came along, I kind of was spoiled because I never knew those times. Um, We didn't have stuff like they do today. I mean, if we had pop, it was like, wow, big time. And um, ice cream was a big treat, that kind of thing, you know? But um, it was it was a good time to grow up, and we had a very good, very very rooted childhood because we had cousins all over the place, and I mean it was you know dad, all dad's um, brothers lived in town, and their kids they were almost all older than me. They were like aunts and uncles to me because I was too young. But um, it was just a nice, great thing. And moms, a lot of mom's sisters lived in town and their children. And uh, so we were pretty, very well-rooted, very felt good to grow up then. And that seems rarer and rarer for, I know... um, Lolly was saying she grew up with a bunch of cousins yeah. all around her, and yeah. that seems starting to get rare as people kind of branch yeah. out all over. Every, but everybody moves away now. But I don't know. I don't know what you did, but it seems everybody, with the exception of Aunt Erin, just came right back to wherever you guys went. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, that it was. It's just it's just great. I mean, we just have always been blessed, blessed, blessed with that with family. Yeah, we were we were the closest uh, house of your kids yeah. to you for when you moved up here, and now we're the second You're, furthest away, and we're three blocks exactly, away. Exactly. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, so neat. And then you said, you talked a little bit about some food there. One uh, of my, when I think about you, I think about all of the great cooking and baking that you've done you know, for me over the years, whether it be the pies or the cookies or the liver and onions or <laughs> whatever it is happens to be that day. So um, did you, was that a skill that you developed, you know, then? And did, is there something that you remember that your mom or someone oh, used to make? Yeah, mom, mom always, she was a 
good cook, too. I mean, she was a good cook. I have not, I don't claim that. But she, you know, her, her vegetable soup was very well known. We just, everybody loved that. And, and my favorite was when she'd make uh, uh, pork chops and mashed potatoes. And that just, it was just so good. It just, I just remember, because she had, she made the best gravy. And I loved gravy, so, yeah. But um, in earlier times, the food was scarce, I was told. These are stories that I've been told. I didn't, of course, wasn't there to know. But... Um, hey, when there's a depression around, sometimes it pays to be the youngest, right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. I didn't live through that. She had kids through that. She started with having kids in 1925 through... Well, Mary was born in 32 and me in 37, but, um, you know, all through the Depression, she was having children, and it was a tough time. So, anyway, you know, that's a whole, that's like a different culture. Oh, yeah. Completely. So, you know, just having a home at that time was a big thing. So... And those pork chops and mashed potatoes are your favorite, though? Was that, like, your favorite they growing were, up? They were when I was growing up. <laughs> <laughs> they were my very favorite. And then, so, uh, what schools did you go to growing up? Oh, my gosh. There was, our, school, our grade school was right beside, well, there was a house between us and the grade school and, uh, and the playground, and that's where... I grew up in Captain Taggart. It was called Captain Taggart. And I went there through six grades, I think. And then <coughs> and then the uh, the junior high was on kind of on the other side of town. But we walked everywhere we walked, you know, even when we were in high school. We walked everywhere. And the high school was a little bit further. Well, high school was probably about a mile or a little more from our house. And we used to, I remember we used to come home for lunch once in a while. I, I don't know whether that was all through high school, but uh, we'd walk home because I remember I'd come home and mom would be watching her soap operas. And I'd sit and watch her soap opera with her and then I'd go back to school. But anyway, yeah, we walked to school and uh, I remember in junior high when we were in seventh grade we used to have these uh lunchbox how was it a lunchbox the girls would make a lunchbox and decorate it all up and then the boys would vote on it vote i don't know how they would do that i think it was pennies or something that they'd they'd like an auction and we had a two, I think, two or three black boys in our grades, and uh, this one girl, her, the the black boy voted on her her lunchbox. So that means you have to have lunch with them, you know. And she just about had a fit. She was not going to eat with a black boy, and I didn't want him to know she felt like that. So I told her, pretend that's, pretend that's mine. And then when yours comes up, whoever votes on it, you have with, or whenever mine comes up, you can have lunch with them. And I just remember thinking, why would she think like that? But back then, they were not equal to us. And, and it was accepted that it, they weren't. But it just it just hurt me to let to have that happen. So I remember telling her, "Don't don't you say anything. You just pretend that's mine, and you vote when mine comes up. You go with that person." That's a very cool story. That's something to be proud of. Yeah, because but that's you know it. When I think back, I can't even imagine how we all went along with that oh yeah it's sickening 
I, I mean, but you, but when you're brought up like that, but my, but see, that's the way my parents felt that there was no difference, and so, but there were people that thought that, and obviously her parents were one, and anyway, she, um, it all worked out because she stopped talking. I asked her to stop talking about it, and so it it worked out there. But I'm telling you, it just hurts my heart that that we I lived through that and didn't say something. I mean, say more about that. Maybe I said it, but it didn't. You know, back then it didn't make any difference. Anyway. That was one story I remember, real definitely. No, that's you know, like I said, that's very. Thank you for sharing that. It's pretty cool, and you know, it's uh, nice to, I guess, think about it. That yes, it is a huge thing, and you were blessed, and I am blessed to have family who don't think like that. But also that it's not an excuse, and just because it was back in the day there was still you know right. people who you know saw the truth and right. could understand that so thank you yeah um so uh were you involved it sounds like you were involved in some things in high school like did any clubs or yeah, activities I got involved in everything that you could get involved in i well there another thing that was back then that i don't think is so good was that the girls had the girls had uh, three clubs? Try high Y, anybody could join. And then the guys had high Y. It was like sort of a scholastic thing, more than fun. But then there was girls boosters and girls leaders. Girl girls leaders. That's what it was called. And you had to be voted on to get in that. And it was like a popularity thing. And I got in it right away, but there's a lot of kids that didn't, and I just didn't think that that was very nice either. But, um, you know, that's the way it was back then. Uh, we we have stuff at Port Clinton that's very similar, and it's a tough position when you get in and you're excited, and then you see, like, well, just yeah. because – I smile more. I, you know, I know this person better. Yeah. So it's, it's tough because you don't want to not accept you're proud of your accomplishment, but yeah, yeah. Right. Exactly. So anyway, yeah, I was, I was really very active in high school and I, I got okay grades because I didn't really apply myself a lot, but, um, I had fun in high it was a very fun time for me. Well, I should mention um, that if we hear any growling or the jingling of chains earlier, that we are being uh, we are accompanied by Chester, the the pup, who <laughs> Nan and Pap are watching right now. So if you hear any noises, it's Chester who's come to visit for about a week. Um, and then in high school. Uh, you met Pap in high school? Well, I knew Pap in high school. Okay. He was a great ahead of me, and he was a big jock, played football and ran track, and was. but he went with a girl in my class most of the year, most of the time we were in high school. And I never even thought about him. You know, my my dates were with guys in my class, and... And I never even thought about him, really. And so then after we, after I graduated, um, and he had gone to Cincinnati to school, he, he come back, he come back to town. He, he quit, he quit at Cincinnati. And he come back to town and, um, this kid I used to go with, who was a real good friend of of Dale's, um, we were down at the dairy one night having a Coke or whatever, and they came and sat with us. And um, we had a good 
fun time just sitting there chatting. And the next day, he called me and asked me for a date, which surprised me. And uh, so that's the story. That's, I mean, we went through school all together, you know, all those years, but I, we never got together until after I graduated. And uh, that, was, that was in the fall, I think, after I graduated. And we started going together and uh, got engaged in when I was still 18. And uh, then he went back to BW several times, a couple times, come back and start working. I mean, we, he, he did that about three times. He quit, and then the coach would come and ask him to come back and blah, blah, blah. But it took three times for him to get in there and stay in there. So thank heaven he did because now we have a good, a very good retirement because of him teaching and coaching. And so you guys got, in, so you graduated, were you 17 when you or 18 when you graduated? I was 17, actually I was 17 when I got engaged, right? No. I was 18 when I got into Yeah, I graduated at 17. Okay. Because my birthday was at the end of the year. And so we started going that fall. We started going together. And then it was the next fall that we got engaged. Okay. And then when did you, how soon after you got engaged did you get married? We got married a year after. Okay. We got engaged in December of 50, 55. And then... We got married in October of 56. And then you started with, when did Aunt, when was Aunt Den born? And then Aunt Den was born a year later. When Pap was at school, he was at BW, and I was living with Mom. And, and uh, we had her, and then... I went to live, we went up to live in, it was right outside of Berea, in Cleveland. We went to live um, when she was three months old in that, Jan that following January. And then he worked for Northwest Airlines, which we lived right by the airport, so it made it pretty good. He worked there, and then he played football, and he went to school. So he had a he had a pretty good harsh gig going. Yeah, it sounds like sounds like a full plate. Yeah, or two plates maybe, but yeah, he did. He had he, that's why it took him so long to get through school <laughs> because he couldn't take that many classes, you know, at once because he had football and he had work every. He worked different places, but he ended up at the airline. And Aunt Den was 58 then? 57, she was, or yeah, she 50. was born, she was born in 57. Okay. And, and then, Aaron wasn't born till 60. Okay. And Aaron, and then we were still, he was, he didn't graduate till 62. So I, let's see, I was pregnant with Robbie, who we lost when he graduated. No. Yeah. Yeah, I was pregnant with Robbie when he graduated in 62. And uh, then he got a job at Perry, which is between Maslin and Canton, teaching and coaching. He was in um, teaching in the, in the junior high at that point and coaching the varsity and track uh, for three years. And then we moved to, then they got, they all got fired. All the coaches got fired because they didn't win enough. And that's when we had a choice of coming to Coshocton or going to East Palestine or Liverpool. And Liverpool's right close to East Palestine. And we went to Shockton, and we spent 
36 years there. And then we moved up here. Was that kind of, it sounds like you bounced around for about a little under a decade. So was that kind of nice yeah. when you moved? Did you, did yeah. you feel it right when you moved there? Or did it take a little while to be like, this is home? Oh, when he first took me to Coshocton and said, this is where we're going to live. I was upset because, oh my, it was not very nice when we drove in there. It wasn't like it was today. And it, I didn't, I didn't know whether I was going to like it, but yeah, it it became home after a fashion. We as soon as we got there, we met very a lot of nice people, and uh, and we really liked it there. I thought we'd probably live there forever until until this happens when we moved up here. Well, I'm glad you came up here. I am so glad. Yeah. Um. So then you moved there and just. Aunt Den and Aunt Erin were around. Well, well, while we were at Perry, between Massel and Canton, we had Robbie, who didn't live, and then we had Kelly. Yeah, Kelly was born in Canton. And then when we moved to Coshocton, that's, we moved there in 65, July of 65. And then Colleen was born in 67, and Chris in 71. So I'm sure that helped you kind of get into the community, too, already having oh, three yes. kids when you moved there and that right. getting everything going. Yeah. When you have kids, you, you meet all kinds of nice folks, and that's what happened with us. And when they were all there, so what you had, five girls coming up through school and you were married to uh, a coach and teacher which I'm sure depending on the season that was he was gone probably yeah. from morning till night so yeah how was uh that trying to manage all those girls and well you know what keep him fed it sounds like a lot but it at the time I don't think it seemed like a lot well, too, you got to figure, Denise was 14 when Chris was born. So I had, those girls were a lot of help for me. I mean, they had to because their dad wasn't there a lot. So I think that was all right for them. They all learned to love and help one another and very much. So. And they're still very close to this day. And they are very close. And I, that is a huge huge i can't tell you what a huge blessing that is and it's it's um impressive because i mean mom and uh aunt den being 14 years apart and they're still as right. close you know like i i have such different relationships with max and marcella right. at where max he's a boy and we were in school together a little bit and did a lot of the same stuff so he's more of I think uh, peer and I not Marcella's not that she's not a peer but when she's I, I almost went through stuff with Max where I was removed and can give more like advice and yes. you know or, reflection yeah. with Marcella yeah. you know so Max is a little it's still a little fresh and I'm doing it with him so that I just think that of that relationship that we have and I, mom has such you know everybody's so yes. different in age and i can't i'm aunt cal has you know two in front of her and two behind her i'm sure she yeah you right. know that's very cool and that they were all able to get you know stay so close but i gotta tell you that you're you know these they all had little sisters and then um your mom really badgered me because <laughs> she kept saying i'm the only one that didn't get a little sister that's the truth. I said, well, sometimes that happens. Well, and but she was the only one with four older sisters. Exactly. So. I, I think I remember telling her that. <laughs> yeah, poor Aunt Dan didn't get any. So. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> and I am fortunate enough to be able to know all of those ladies pretty well. And... Yeah. Um, are there any traits in you or your parents or siblings that you kind of see 
throughout them or yeah i do i uh i see my sister patricia and aaron in a lot of different ways interesting and uh well in denise i see aunt marie man she i mean she is just she is just her heart is so big and Yeah. And then, Cal, all of them have big hearts, you know. And that's for that I'm grateful. Yeah, a lot of a lot of cool ladies. And uh, I know we always get Max looks a lot, or when yeah. he was little. Oh yeah. We'd he, always be able to pick him he out. He looks. He he reminds me a lot of my my brother Jack, and Jack was. Uh, Jack to me looked like more like dad and um, I see dad in Mary too even though Mary and I look alike I see mom more in me and dad more in her but uh, yeah I see Max I, a lot of Max I can see in my brother Jack so that's cool yep and so then Aunt Den started leaving when my mom was four, roughly? Uh, they started trickling I, out? Yeah. Uh, well, she went to school in 76, the fall of 76, and uh, your mom would have been five. And then? Yeah, that would have been true. Then growing up, they would have slowly trickled out. So you had at least one kid in the home from, for what, 30? From 57 to. Mom graduated in 89? Yeah. 32 years? Yeah. That's a long time that you were kind of somebody's first, you know. Yeah, right. And, uh. So what you grew up, you know, that was almost, and that was so early on in, you're in uh, Pap's marriage. Yeah. Was there, what yeah. was, Marcella, um, I mean, my parents are kind of coming up on that when Marcella leaves. Now it's not quite as long a time. We're bunched yeah. up a little bit more and I'm subsequently getting closer to home as Marcella's leaving. You know, I'm yes, only an hour exactly. away now. But what uh, was there any adjustment period there when there were no kids in the house? And do you have any advice for my parents coming up here? <laughs> well, uh, you know, everybody says they they really don't like having an empty nest. But I never, I, I felt guilty for not feeling that way. <laughs> but after that long, I was ready for an empty nest. I'm sure. And um, I, it wasn't like I didn't. You know, I worked and had friends and did things, so it wasn't like I stayed at home and felt sorry for myself right. or whatever because I didn't have somebody around. So No, you've always been involved in a lot I, since I've known you. I enjoyed, I've enjoyed each, just each time of my life very much just you know very much even everybody says five kids how'd you do that five girls but it was very enjoyable oh i'm sure we had times <laughs> i mean but um i never looked back and saw anything that i didn't love about our life good and i believe who's the oldest grandchild it was uh Alex, right? Alex would have. She was our first. Josh is older, but we didn't get Josh till later. Right. So, so when was she so, was? Sorry. Go ahead. So jo, uh, Alex came when I was what forty five, I think. I think I was forty five when she was born, and then quickly after that, 
Taylor and Kaylee were born. So I remember those kids being at the house a lot because they lived in Columbus. And we had, especially when Alex was just the baby, we used to have her almost every weekend. And then uh, when they got Kaylee and Aaron got Taylor, they they used to, there was a lot of times when they were all at the house, you know. So they got they got to know each other too, even though they were not. I mean, one was in Columbus, one was in Pittsburgh, and so they they got to mesh really pretty well too. And you were a grandma before mom graduated, right? I yeah. I was a, oh yeah. Well, she was only twelve when when Alex was born. So she she was like a big sister to Alex, you know. So she yeah, it was fun. She used to she used to like having Alex come over when she was a baby. Yeah. Well, yeah, there you go. So the empty nest really never was even a yeah, thing. Yeah, exactly. Always we have. We didn't really have an empty nest. <laughs> I guess that's true. We never got an empty nest completely. Right. Because they came a lot, too. They visited a lot, all of them. Callan's got and their kids, and then Josh came along in 86, and, and Jace in 88, and on and on and on. That's fun. Just never stopped. <laughs> it's still going. Yeah. So here we are. We are good. We are. Um, there is another question that to go backwards just a little bit um what do you do you have a smell that you remember that just takes you like whenever you smell a certain scent does it or like a uh, smell that you miss from either growing up or Kashakton or anything I gotta think about that I don't know that but I do how about any uh, songs or bands that when you hear them? Oh, well, yeah, the songs. The songs mostly of, were when I was in high school that I remember. And, and I, don't, I don't remember exactly which ones, but big band songs, you know, and, and uh, well, I don't, I can't. I can't bring them to mind right now, but the ones that we that were popular when I was in high school are very much, yeah, yeah. They bring back memories. Very cool. And I remember your house in Kashocton a little bit, but you guys moved up here when I was five, and then not too long after. You were a great grandma. Mm -hmm. So, what's that like? Well, you were only three when we moved up here. Oh, I was only three. It was two thousand one. Yeah. Oh, I thought it was oh three. My bad. No, that's. Yeah, no. it was. Yeah, I remember you carrying that pillow in. That yeah, you I remember that was my job. I got the yeah, cushions. You got to carry the pillows in when we moved here <laughs> to the cozy room. You called it. <laughs> So Every cute. room had to have a name. Yeah. And what did you ask me? Uh, what What's it like uh, being a great grandma? Oh, wow. Well, you know, I've had a lot of practice. Yeah. Because Allison is the same age as Kiwi here. Marcella. Marcella. And I can't, I don't know. I, I just, it's just amazing to me. It, it's just amazing that they just that I'm so happy that all my children want children because there are those that don't, don't want children and I am happy that my kids do me too I've, I've been yeah blessed to grown up with lots of aunts and uncles and cousins and other removed cousins and it's right. been a lot of fun yeah um, Family is fun, or it can be. Yeah, it's important though, no matter what. 
and then we talked about food a little bit earlier, but you have baked and cooked a lot of meals for us. So is that uh, something that you developed like an interest in or is that just by, you know, having practice for a well, while? Or? I, I never thought of myself as a good cook. I just cooked to get by. <laughs> well, and I know I, a lot of people who do think you're a good cook. And, um, and it, but having family around and having dinners, it just, it's just, you know, what we do. And we've always done, mom's always done that. And, and, uh, it just seemed like the thing that brought people together better. Yeah, well, that's that food is a great thing to just make people sit down and talk when their mouths aren't full. So right. Um, and then with you and Pap have been married for how like a long time? Sixty-five <laughs> years. Wow, that's very special and yeah. uh, encouraging for all of those you know daughters and grandkids and great grandkids that uh you have and as we are some of us already are in that phase and some of us are coming up on that phase of our lives what um advice do you have for uh finding someone and sticking with them well and number one i i think God needs to be the center of everything. He has to be first, last, and always. And if he is, then you're going to think of others because that's what he tells us to do. Others come first, we come after them. And that's a very hard thing for a lot of young people to accept, I think, because it's the me generation. Everybody's been directed in the world tells you that you think of you first and everybody else after, and that's not what God teaches. And I think if, if that one thing, if you get that in your head, then you're going to be okay no matter what. You're going to think of your wife or your husband first before yourself and your children before yourself and all others. It just That's just my thinking. I think that's the basic thing for everybody. That's So, yeah, I think that is great advice just for anything in life, but as far as a relationship, finding someone who will who also thinks outside of themselves yes yes yeah you know you can't um find somebody that you want to help and save them that that i've noticed has been a problem for some people they want they think that they can save that person from whatever and that's not your job that's god's job you have to find somebody that has the same values you have to make it and and then you have to be very forgiving thank you and uh, a little bit more advice maybe um marcella is coming up on making a decision on college and do you have any advice for how she should or maybe any insight well i have never had that i've never gone to college so i don't have that that experience but but lots of daughters and pap who you've experienced it with I, i i just think that you should just go with your heart um that's all I can say. Find a place that, that what you, where you fit in. 
Thank you. And I think that that Stella is doing that. All right. Yeah. I I think she. I think that's her goal and how she's approaching it. So we will see. It'll be exciting. Okay. Um, and then for uh, what was next? Oh, um, since I've known you've been part of um, hospice and the Meals on Wheels mm-hmm. and the Peach Birch Pierogi and the Eucharistic Minister, um, and so I've seen you give and you visit, you know, the home and I've seen you love so many people and I've gotten to experience it, uh, myself growing up and spent a lot, been able to spend a lot of time with you. Uh, how do you, what's your motivation in that? Because that's, I know it keeps you busy, but it's a lot of time. And I know my mom is sometimes like, when is she going to slow down? Cause it runs a ragged, well, but well, the thing is, once you get involved, it's it's just so like if it was taken away from me, I would feel so bereft. Uh, um, I get so much more than I get, and and you really don't know that feeling until you get involved in it. There's just, you just get so much more feeling, good feeling, when you are able to help people. And you, you, as I said, you get, you get much more than you could ever give. Well, you, you give a lot, so that's it's uh, admirable, and it's something that uh, I we all notice and I hope that I can give back in any small portion of what you have because we all thank you and we are grateful that we have uh, somebody in God's ear to maybe if we're squeaking around corners that you can help us out a little bit so well I I am grateful for everybody I have and especially that God brought us up here and he brought all our family up. Well, thank you. Um, as for uh, your family that is around, we uh, want to know if you could um, kind of create your own family motto or an epithet something that you'd like just some words in good times and hard times just something that you'd like us to remember what would that be Mm. well i guess as i when i say my prayers my prayers are God to open the hearts of all folks who have closed him off. Um, I, I just I just fear that that people aren't letting God in their lives. And that's so uppermost of importance to me. So that's the only thing I know to say. Just keep God as a center. Thank you. And um, I know my mom just uh, wanted me to ask you if you could just talk about your parents a little bit. My what? Your parents. Just oh, my parents. About who they were and well, um, how you remember them. Well, you know, I always remember them as... All my kid, all my family or friends had younger parents because I was the last one to be born. So my my parents were older. So um, they were not. They were like grandparents, sort of, as far as the other kids were concerned. But uh, but they were, and they were very involved in my life. But um, 
not involved like you think of your parents being involved because but but guiding very guiding you know mom <laughs> she was she was the one that that brought down the <laughs> the stick if it needed to be done dad was very easygoing and i loved him i felt like i didn't have time to get to know him as an adult because he was taken from us when I was just had turned 18 and and I didn't feel like I really got to know him as an adult knows their parent and uh, I felt kind of cheated that way with him but mom was always very the the, the uh, enforcer you know and she made it known that there's no, you know, n nothing. You're not going to screw around, and and you just have to do what you have to do. And she was the one that in, that in, in installed, or not installed. What's the word? Made me understand who God was, who Jesus was, and what was expected of me in my life. And I thank her over and over for that because she was very good about that and uh, yeah they were they were great people uh, but as I said I would like to have had dad in my life a little longer I think I would have maybe as an adult got to say to him what you know ask him questions about his beginning like you are doing this now but I, when I was young, I didn't think about that. And now he's dead, gone, and we don't know anything. So, uh, much, anyway. But anyway, they were good parents. And, um, you know, going through high school, there's a lot that she wouldn't let me do that other kids got to do, but that was the way it was. And, you know, I accepted it. Well, it is uh, interesting to hear so much of your happiness is about selflessness and your relationship to God and all the questions about, you know, it's a question that is asked by every person in every generation is how to be happy. And it seems that people are looking everywhere but there for the answer. So right. that is uh, an interesting thought. And... Uh, one more thing that I remember growing up with uh, mom always saying that you were uh, shooting for 82 years old. <laughs> 83. And, uh, now it's 83? Yeah, well, it was 83. Oh, okay. I always said it would be nice. <laughs> it would be nice to leave this earth at 83 because you're not, you're not a burden to anybody. And... You can just go, and people will miss you a little bit. They won't be saying, when the heck are you going to cash out? <laughs> and But she said, so now, Mom, you're 83. What are you going to do now? Well, now I'm 84. So what I'm going to do is wait for God to say, it's time. That's what I'm waiting for. <laughs> All right. Well, it doesn't appear like that's going to be anytime soon, so... <laughs> I know. I'll probably be here when I'm 105. Yeah. We hope so. Oh, I don't. Well, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, but this, uh, while I really did want to get to know you and uh, learn about you after so long, it's I also want it to be something that when we have a question or we just – uh, whether it be about you or just about life and maybe searching for a little bit of wisdom, uh, your daughters and grandkids and great-grandkids who get to know you will be able to just listen and hear your voice a little bit. So um, for even though it might not be for, like you said, 20 years, do you have any uh, just lasting words or advice to the people who love you? Um, yeah, just, I guess, I guess I just keep, uh, it's a mantra, I keep saying, go to Jesus, 
ask Jesus for your help. I, there, there's so much in life that that is thrown at you that you don't know how to handle, and you just think the world's coming to an end. But if you just give it to Jesus, let God do the work. Let God work in that person that is having the problem and keep just keep praying keep praying and ask Jesus to give you peace and to give that person peace because it'll happen he he provides that's and and there's there's all kinds of stuff that people have to live through that uh, that I've been so, so protected against because I haven't had a lot, a lot of problems in life. But I still say that no matter what, what's thrown your way, if you give it to Jesus and ask him to help you, that help will be provided. Well, I think you have described a couple very tough things that a lot of people would have a hard time with and I think that your outlook um, makes you think that you know they weren't as hard as they could have been so I don't think that you haven't seen any hardships I just think that uh, your outlook and your you know has given you strength and that's cool to see as well and then uh, to close up here is there Anything that you'd like to say directly to your daughters? <laughs> My daughter, uh, just keep keep being you, but keep handing it to God so that you find peace and keep loving your kids and your husband and everybody. Just love. I love you very much. All right. Thank you very much, Nan.